Welcome to this podcast from Jams. In this episode, we're going to explore how neutral evaluations can help lawyers and their clients. With us are three former judges who are now Jams neutrals and have extensive experience providing neutral evaluations. Justice Robert Dundero, who spent nearly 10 years on the California Court of Appeal, Judge Allison Duncan, who spent 15 years on the Fourth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals, and Judge Gregory Sleep, who served 20 years on the bench of the U.S. District Court for Delaware, including seven years as chief judge. Thank you all for joining us today. Judge Duncan, let me start with you. Neutral evaluations can be applied in so many different contexts. Can you help listeners understand their broad application? Um, I'd be happy to, and I'm, I'm sure my colleagues will elaborate further. I, have not, I was not myself aware of how many circumstances in which they could be useful until I started doing them and was asked to do them in a number of contexts. And it reminded me of a bit of advice that Chief Justice John Roberts would always give appellate ad students about oral advocacy, and that is you need to be able to explain what you want, why you want it, and why you should get it in about two sentences or less. Otherwise, you haven't mastered your argument. And I think the the, what neutral analysis helps to do is to take advocates who tend to be extremely familiar with their own cases out of the weeds of that case and give them the advantage of perspective and perhaps enable them to strategize a little better. Excellent. Judge Dondero, any, anything to add to that? Well, I, I think it's important to underscore the fact that these evaluations cover just about every phase of litigation, be it on the trial level or uh, in the appellate level, because every case, especially complex ones, can be evaluated by a neutral or somebody who has uh, an unbiased approach to the case and the law and can give you help in how to present your matter to any tribunal. I'd add to both of my colleagues this thought that, at least in my view, it's an under underutilized, we are an underutilized resource. That is, folks like us who uh, can give these uh, neutral uh, evaluations to a, a, as aids uh, to uh, preparation, as the justice just said, for any number of, of um, matters involving uh, litigation. I would like to say one more thing in addition, just to round out what I I think has been very helpful, and that is don't take from what we have said the notion that neutral analysis is only useful with respect to evaluating oral presentations. Of late, I have been asked several times to do a neutral analysis of a brief or a written presentation and have been told that having someone at the appellate level who is accustomed to particularly preserving the record and presenting uh, an argument on appeal was extremely helpful in helping put the best case forward on the, on the basis of the briefs as well, because so many cases are decided on the briefs. Absolutely. And Judge Lee, just can you explain how this process typically works? Who, who approaches you? Who hires you? You know, how much material are you asked to look over, and how long does that engagement last? Sure. The 
first line of approaches is is my uh, ADR specialist, Doreen Lavery, and potential clients reach out to her after I imagine some review uh, of our website. Maybe I've been referred by word of mouth by a colleague of the uh, the lawyers who are looking to hire me. Uh, I'm typically hired by what I what I'll common term big law uh, is mm-hmm. is because I generally only uh, uh, accept uh, this, this kind of work in, in complex matters. But I, if I were, were approached in other matters, I would certainly accept it as well. I'm, I just have not been approached uh, for uh, the matters, uh, kinds of matters that I wouldn't describe necessarily as complex, but where I still feel that uh, a mock or a neutral evaluation uh, might be useful. Uh, so, you know, I'm just imagining what's going on behind the scenes uh, uh, when, in, in part when I'm answering your question. So in terms of uh, how uh, much I'm typically asked to read, the, it, 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 the range is, uh, varies. Uh, it can be back, you know, several bankers boxes uh, full of materials. Uh, it can be just a, a loose leaf binder, usually a fairly uh, thick one, but it really depends upon what they're asking me to do. Are they asking me and my, and usually I, I sit with other evaluators. I've been a solo evaluator evaluator on one or two occasions, but they're, they're asking us to sometimes listen to a, a full trial, uh, trial presentation, a bench trial of some sort, or arguments on a motion. Uh, there's a, a creature in patent litigation called uh, a Markman uh, hearing. Sometimes I'm uh, engaged to do that kind of thing. So the, the amount of reading varies. As far as the, the length of the engagement is concerned, that too uh, can vary. It can be a couple of hours. It can be a couple of days. I don't think I've ever gone longer uh, than two days. And Judge Duncan, is, is, is your experience similar to Judge Sleet's? Is it uh, uh, typically big law and complex matters um, that, that come across your your desk? I think that's correct. And I think, and I believe Justice Sleet, Judge Sleet was alluding to this. I think that lawyers often look at the kinds of cases you've been involved in on the bench. I wrote a number of opinions in certain specific areas, in False Claims Act cases, in uh, pharmaceutical, intellectual property cases. There there's some areas in which I have a, a body of, of of opinion writing, and I think people go to that as a guide. But I think that one's exper- the wealth of experience one brings to the to uh, a neutral analysis is just the experience of being on the bench, evaluating and responding to complex situations, whether they be presented by big law or not. Mm-hmm. I would say that this particular process is uh, depends in large part upon your your resume. Ev- that's detailed in the JAMS website. You identify your background as a trial judge and as an appellate judge, as well as your trial experience. And it indicate the kinds of cases you handled both when you were on the appellate court and on the uh, on JAMS as a, as, an, as a neutral with that company. And I think that uh, the cases you're called upon to involve yourself based upon those various factors, as well as your name recognition in the community in which the lawyers come from. And uh, as far as materials to, to look at, I mean, as, as was pointed out, I mean, you get large volumes of material. I've had cases with bankers boxes, and I've also had cases there in a binder of some sort. I think the lawyers should be advised to give you the kind of material that they want you to assess, because giving you a, a, a number of documents that are not really 
germane to the retaining issue uh, may not be very helpful and consume too much time. Uh, you really want them to provide you the materials that they feel are the reason why they want your services as a, as a, as a starting point. Mm-hmm. Could I underscore something the justice said? It's important for, for potential clients to do exactly what he suggests. And that is not, not send uh, more than is needed, not, not uh, overburden the neutrals uh, with material. Uh, what ha- You can look eyeball when you get three boxes of material and say, oh, do, I, do they really want to pay me to, to read that much? No. Do I really want to spend my time uh, reading all of that? Probably not. So frequently what I'll ask is that my ADR specialists get in touch with uh, or put me uh, with the, uh, the lawyers involved or put me in touch with a point person with whom I can speak uh, and really sort of narrow down uh, uh, the assignment and and what you need me to do and, and talk specifically about, you know, do I need to read this? Do I need to read that? And, and it helps them be make uh, better use of their client's budget as well as, as my time. Mm, great point. And Justice Dondero, can you describe, you know, the, ben- the real benefits of a neutral evaluation where, where you think clients can get the most value? Well, I think... Uh, as has been indicated so far, this, this process of neutral evaluations uh, helps the advocate, the side that's seeking your services in a variety of ways. I've had a neutral evaluation assessment been asked of me in a case even before filing a complaint where there's a, it's a complex products liability case and the attorneys want to know how best to go about presenting this case in the in the complaint stage or whether to go forward? What are the defenses that I would anticipate being raised uh, if a complaint is filed in this particular case? I've had situations where there is an, an appeal and there are multiple issues that are being submitted in the appellate brief by a party and they want you to go through it and you can identify what you think are the really important uh, appellate issues that you think will be to the advantage of the party retaining your services and and those appellate issues, which really are frivolous or not going to go anywhere, depending upon the panel that they're going to be appellate arguing again in front of. Uh, And the clients get the most value when they approach this process of neutral evaluation objectively with the understanding that you're going to be pointing out the mistakes as well as the good parts of their case and understand that they're asking for your services as an evaluator to basically point out what are, I would call warts and all in the appellate case or the case that's being evaluated by you. They have to be candid if they're going to get any value out of this process. I'd like to um, reemphasize that because it's rather like the uh, advocate who stands in front of you and doesn't want to answer the tough questions, wants to duck the tough questions. That is so counterproductive because the point of your being there is to give them the best answer to the hard parts of your case so that you can write an opinion or an order deciding in their favor if it is possible to do so. So you do have to be prepared um, to accept constructive criticism. If you're not, then the then it's wasted effort. Let me add to my colleagues uh, 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 just a small, small bit. Uh, it, it, there's a fine line, in my view, my view, I'm speaking for me, uh, between uh, uh, evaluating as a neutral 
uh, or hearing a mock and, and being asked to consult. There's, some, there's a line, and sometimes, admittedly, the line can be thin because in the natural back and forth you find, uh, that I find in the debrief, uh, you, yeah, I found myself uh, 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 in what I would describe as a position of a, of, of a consultant. But the, the idea, and I think Justice Dondero talked about this, uh, is for, and, and, and Judge Duncan just talked about it, is for us to, to uh, give them uh, feedback uh, 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 regarding their presentations, warts and all. Mm-hmm. Often is the case in an appellate brief situation, uh, there are good points on appeal and then there are bad points. And if, if you can point out and stress the really good points in the case, uh, which could lead towards a reversal of the judgment, uh, that's important because there's some arguments that are going to be in a brief that counsel has provided to you that aren't going to win because of the standard of review. And uh, it's important to point that out when you assess the overall presentation. And just sort of a different uh, way of asking the same question that we've been talking about. Are there moments uh, of feedback that you can remember where um, you really added some value? Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I come by that, that knowledge and information sort of secondhand, but sometimes firsthand, quite often firsthand, actually, during the, what I've referred to as the debrief period. You know, you do the exercise, and typically what, what's happened in the ones, the, the evaluations I, in which I've participated is that the, the lawyers, the consultant, whoever's running it, uh, will will provide uh, for a period. It could be three hours, it could be more, where the uh, lawyers, and sometimes, uh, 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 depending upon the nature of the case, the stakes at hand, uh, will have the clients present as well. And you engage in a you know a free flowing back and forth where uh, we're trying to be responsive to questions and the the better prepared uh, clients are, have a ton of questions that they want to ask and that they're unafraid to ask uh, in order to to uh, to get the the most out of uh, out of the exercise. And Judge Duncan, have you received any helpful feedback? I have gotten. I, I was thinking as Judge Sleet was talking, I've gotten a kind of backhand feedback. I reviewed a an appellate brief several months ago, and I essentially, well, I wouldn't say that I rewrote it, but I kept saying, look, you are spending most of your time doing the worst thing you can do on appeal, and that is fighting on enemy territory. You've done an excellent job of dissecting what the what you think the opposing party got wrong. But I finished the brief and was scratching my head over what your affirmative view was as to what you should, what you did right and why you should prevail on appeal. And it, it was a fairly radical review. And I don't think I got, well, I don't remember whether I got direct feedback or saw the um, final brief and it was almost completely rewritten and seemed to have taken into consideration everything I had said. So not articulated, but uh, in a way. And, and further to that, I have been the fortunate recipient, again, through my case manager emails uh, sent to her, thanking uh, me or and my, my colleagues uh, for the exercise and advising, you know, we changed our position, we changed our approach, and, and we won. And I've actually uh, been uh, 
provided with uh, uh, several decisions uh, of judges that the, the lawyers uh, who hired us attributed uh, to the, the exercise, uh, the, the, the good result they achieved to the exercise. The, these, these matters that you're retained to evaluate often involve arguments that these, your client, the, new, the side that's hiring you, will be arguing either before the appellate court or before the trial court. And traditionally, I know, especially in the appellate level, uh, there is a there are time limits that are placed on oral argument, and uh, they're strictly followed in many cases by the appellate panel. And it's important for you to understand that in your evaluation, you're going to be underscoring the points that you think are most important for that litigant to argue to the panel, realizing their time constraints. And uh, so it's, it's essential in the successful ones that I've handled is to point out this argument's not going to go very far. Uh, this argument will go better. It's a better argument. And uh, consider that in your presentation because the lawyers appreciate uh, telling you, telling them about the time limitations that they experience in these cases. And uh, that's important to underscore. The successful cases I've had have been the ones we've been able as a neutral to point out the, the, what we think are winners as opposed to losers and to where to spend your time arguing uh, before the uh, judges in the, in the case. Mm. Judge Duncan, any thoughts about how, sh- how lawyers should go about finding a neutral evaluator or clients and what do they need to look for? That's a, a good question because I, I have some thoughts about what isn't particularly helpful that may be instructive. I was talking to a law firm not too long ago about a case that was coming forward in a different jurisdiction. And the issue was one involving admiralty. And they were going to, they decided to look for a neutral with a background in the circuit in which they were appearing. Now that may make facial sense, but the jurisdiction in which they were appearing had virtually no admiralty case law. Now the Fourth Circuit, on the other hand, is where you had the piracy cases argue and you had um, issues involving, well, whether or not piracy is in fact just kidnapping on water. So it may be that having a, a neutral from the jurisdiction which you are presenting is useful, but not necessarily. And you should give that some thought before you should confine yourself on an artificial basis that may not apply. The other thing, I, other point I really didn't want to close without saying is give the, the, the neutral analyst time to do his or her job. I had someone approach me a couple of weeks ago about a brief he was filing in the Ninth Circuit in 10 days, and he has he hadn't finished writing it. And it, I was saying, what is it? When do you think you would have a draft? Well, and the conversation deteriorated because it became clear to me and to him that he hadn't backed himself out enough to allow sufficient time for me to give any kind of valid feedback. So if you want a valuable neutral analysis, you have to give the neutral analyst the tools with which to work, including the time in which they can consider the matter. Can I add something to that? Please. Yeah. Sometimes I, I have found that that um, 
clients seem to hire me because I, you know, I sat in Delaware, it's a patent case typically, and, and, and they have a, a, a matter in front of one of my former colleagues. And, and I don't know if the thinking is that perhaps they'll get some added value from me because I know their mindset or I know how they, they, they will rule. I quickly disabuse uh, those uh, clients of, of any such notion. I tell them I'm not, I'm not, in the, in, I'm not the decider anymore. I'm not going to attempt or hold myself out as as some uh, soothsayer to predict the future of what certain judge so and so might might rule one uh, regardless. And and I think it's folly uh, for anybody to hire me or anyone, any neutral evaluator, with that that thought in mind. Uh, and I don't think it a good idea for a neutral evaluator, in my in my view, uh, to attempt to predict how a judge will or will not rule. All you can do is you, you, you look at the, the merits of, of the position of both sides of the V and, and, and I give them the benefit of my experience and, and without trying to predict the outcome. Well, I, I, I think I'm going to disagree a little bit with that, Greg, because I think that um, while generally speaking, you don't retain the neutral based upon her or his experience with members of the bench uh, involved, it does ha- it does help sometimes, depending upon where the case is being argued and where the judge sits, to have some understanding of the operation of that particular court and how they operate. And I'm I'm talking about community standards and what what the judges uh, expect uh, in that particular situation. And so, therefore, while it's not determinative by any stretch, uh, it does help to have when you have more than one uh, neutral involved in a case to have that person know the community in which the case is being argued because it does help uh, in, in the assessment of, of legal issues and, and dealing with attorneys and things of that nature. I don't think you're, I don't, let me, let me answer that. I, I don't think that you're really disagreeing with me. I don't think you're talking about the same thing. Uh, I, I was talking about the, a substantive outcome. Uh, subject matter outcome. I'm not talking about operations or culture or anything like that. And I was going to pick up as well. I, I think it is different, but also I, it is not necessarily the case uh, that familiarity with local, lo, with local customs, attorneys, etc., will be useful. It may well be, but it's not a completely reliable assumption. So just make sure that that is in fact the case before you make a decision based on it. it, it it's a factor to consider. I agree. It's not determinative at all, but it is a factor. And when you're, when you're talking about retaining s- several, several neutrals to handle one particular assessment, it's kind of good to consider a broader retaining of, of persons as opposed to a, a more um, academic type retaining of persons. On, on that point, on that point, and, and I don't disagree uh, with the other comment. Uh, on on that point, I have, am of the view, uh, particularly depending upon the size of, of, of and complexity of the matter, that uh, a more than one neutral is generally a, a, a better uh, idea uh, than than just hiring a, a sole neutral. Neutrals, neutrals also play off one another. Uh, we, and particularly in the three panel uh, neutrals uh, evaluations in which I participated, and I have found them very uh, to be very successful for the clients. Justice Dundero, what do lawyers and clients need to think about or do 
so that they can get the most out of a neutral evaluation. The most important thing is to be totally candid with the neutral panel. Uh, as, as I said earlier, uh, the, the standard is you give the good and the bad. Uh, you don't skimp on the bad because it's going to be evaluated and perceived by the neutrals based upon what you provide them. Uh, and I think the important thing is, is that you have to make sure that the material you give to the neutral helps the issues that you think are germane to the appeal or to the oral argument that you're using the neutral for. As we, as we said before, uh, boxes of material that are uh, the record, you're not doing an appellate brief, you're doing a neutral evaluation, and there is a major distinction between the two. Uh, and you basically want to give the record, the information that you think is helpful to be successful. And so the more reading you give, it's going to be more costly, and it's going to be uh, not really economical for the assessments you're wanting from the neutral panel. So that's how you get the most uh, out, of this, out of these cases is to have all the material provided and being totally candid on what the good and the bad is in your case. Judge Duncan, do you want to add any to that list? No, I think uh, Justice Dondero has covered it very well. You have to want to you have to be open-minded enough to accept the feedback of the neutral, uh, which may not be to your liking. Um, but beyond that, I can't see any downside to going forward and gaining a better understanding of your case, both its strengths and its weaknesses. Especially anything about, um, about what clients and, and lawyers need to do to prepare for getting the most out of their neutral? I completely agree with what my colleagues have just said. I, I, I would add this, that, that I have seen uh, uh, several times now uh, with um, firms that they've hired, um, I don't know if they're, they're consultants, I'll call them, for lack of a better analogy, jury consultants that, that actually do the, the point work, uh, the contact work. They may even prepare a, a, a questionnaire uh, that they have wanted the uh, um, I and my my colleagues uh, to make notes on uh, during during the course of the evaluation. I'm not sure that I have enjoyed those <laughs> the most, or felt it's not really my, my enjoyment that's at issue, but but that 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 it's been to the necessary benefit of of the ultimate client, which is the firm who's going to have the lawyers are who, who are going to have to go into court and make whatever argument they're going to make. Uh, I, I I I sort of have if that's the way they want to run it, it's up to them. It's their, it's their dime and, and they can spend it whatever they want, the way they want to. But I, I sort of, I'm not convinced that that's the best avenue to take. Uh, and I just offer that by way of a caveat of, of sorts in terms of the potential downside. It's not downside to the evaluation. It's the way you handle it. Absolutely. Justice Dundero, Judge Sleep, Judge Duncan, Thank you so much for a really lively and informative discussion about neutral evaluations. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I've enjoyed talking about the circumstances in which they can be used. And, and I think that I thank my colleagues for giving me also some food for thought. You've been listening to a podcast from JAMS, the world's largest private alternative dispute resolution provider. Our guests have been Justice Robert Dondero, Judge Allison Duncan, and Judge Gregory Sleet. 
For more information about JAMS, please visit www.jamsadr.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from JAMS.